0: big tj how you feeling baby
1: <clears throat> feeling pretty good just finished uh, a workout a little jump rope sesh it's, it's i been, love that it's been a little too long i'm trying to get back onto my routine it's been tough
0: don't worry when you link back up with me I'll whip your ass into shape you little string bean.
1: Well, that's really the only reason why I've, that I have that that's motivated me to get back on my gruel is because I'm afraid of that and I want to make sure that my uh my conditioning is at least somewhat not embarrassing.
0: Good, thank you. Well, you know, I just sorry, you know, before we got on on the phone today to record yet another episode of How Long Gone, mm. um I was uh, you know, obviously scrolling through Twitter. That's kind of what I do. And I saw that... That's what that, I do. Is, I saw that Tyler Perry just went through a breakup. And Jason, it was with a woman. Did you know that?
1: <laughs> Did, I mean, I I didn't I, know his, I, I, his I, sexuality I, either way. But even though he enjoys... I mean, I, I guess even though he, he kind of could go both ways... I always felt like he had uh, a straight man's energy.
0: That's interesting. I guess I just assumed, which is makes an ass of you and me, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously, but I, I didn't know. So is Tyler Perry a stick man?
1: Uh, dude, well, it kind of depends on (laughs) he's rich as hell. So he's having no problem pulling tail. Obviously, I think it depends on what his, uh, what his, um, his body, body count is looking like in terms of. Not a number, well, it, not a not numerically, but you know, just what, what types of ladies he's going after. I think that well, says a says, lot I about mean, a Well, It
0: says it says Tyler Perry and longtime love uh Jalila split. Um and she's like she's pretty. Like she's like a beautiful black queen who looks like
1: she would put his little ass in his place. Mm. Um yeah interesting stuff I, I mean well people who have that much power and that much money you know they like to get stepped on don't they
0: that's true she's definitely putting on the the manolas and stepping on his little nuts you know what i mean when the when the door is closed um <laughs> some other breaking some other news on 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 twitter.com today that sent me reeling is this spin magazine uh putting run the jewels on the cover as artist of the year which is just like man really guys <laughs> Yeah, um, did they come out with a record this year? I'm sure they did. You know, RTJ4 or some other inventive title.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, obviously this, this podcast has been anti-RTJ um, from from the jump. I don't know why or what about them bugs us so much. Um, well, you know, you know our luckily we do all the deaf Duck's daddies out there listening.
0: <laughs> yeah, no offense to our Def jucks listeners. it's just
1: I don't know what it is either about them
0: that is just so deeply lame to me. Mm-hmm. I, I
1: honestly I can't <laughs> you know, place it. Killer Mike, I guess he kind of possesses that quest love energy that I think that we both kind of find annoying where it's like we can't necessarily pin it down, but it's kind of like when you're when you're the scholar of something you You care about it and you're so close to it that it's almost inherently impossible to not have a corny outlook on it because you're just so it's just, just like you know it's like you you can't be a guy who like collects model trains and be and still be cool like you just have to kind of like. You, you you give yourself to the craft so much that you're just like uh, 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 what do you mean you can't do that or like uh, it's all about the just freaking so hip-hop roots and i'll freaking but but like none of them but they're all just like nerdy like um like message board kind of guys at the end of the day you know
0: i just i i'm just it's been a tough day online is what i'm saying you know what i mean i but, know I but, know.
1: well don't worry the two, 2020 is almost done and we're you're gonna stop seeing people Listing all of their accomplishments of, on this dumpster fire of a year. (laughs) Do you know,
0: you know what I'm talking about though? When people are like, it's mostly writers, of course, that like do a 20, 20 post Twitter thread about all of the stories they wrote. It's like, guys, I, like, I follow you. I already saw this when you did it the first time. Like, what are you, I I don't, I I just don't get, I just, it
1: feels pointless to me. To me, it feels like you're trying to do a pinned tweet for the entire year. <laughs> yeah. But it but it's also kind of like I mean every every creative industry seems to have a little bit of that like the year is over here is all the stuff that I've done and I want to sh- find out a way to share it with the world so like um my life partner every at the end of every year she will create like a, a little handmade zine out of all of her you know commercial and editorial work that she's done over the year and she'll kind of present it in a cool interesting way and then send it out to all of her, you know, friends and family and clients that she worked with over the year as a little like, "Here's what we did." Yeah, that's that's my different, vibe. Jason. That's, but but that's what I'm good. saying, that's, <laughs> that's the same. That's the same energy that people have. But people who only exist on Twitter are just like, I guess I will just you know retweet all of the stuff I already tweeted this year, which which seems I, lazy.
0: What if I went back and maybe just did the, the top ten performing tweets of twenty twenty and then just reposted them all? You know what I mean? Maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's, that's what cooler. I Maybe I should maybe I should just become part of the discourse instead of against it. So 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 so. <laughs> okay, well
1: I, I know you were you were referring to people who are just kind of like running down the laundry list of all the things that they did. And uh, you know, in terms of like work related, like I wrote and I interviewed, you know, Naomi Osaka, and you know, for this thingy, and then I did. But I'm more interested in the people who list kind of their their tiny victories of the year, of like finally cleaned out that garage that's been bugging me, or like whatever it is. That's
0: because that's your blue collar sticking out. <laughs> no, that's I'm, what, I'm not that's saying what I'm
1: not saying I like that. I find I'm saying I find that to be even more pathetic and twisted which makes me want to kind of read more of them as possible you're just like i i got like my uh i've been working on my japanese like i'm not fluent but like i'm really proud of where i'm at like or like i wanted to read all the blank blank books or you know all that shit did you finally finish the harry potter series
0: this year jason (laughs) is that what you're saying bro
1: Batman never read especially harry potter come on dog
0: it's it's just crazy out here, man. I just, you know, I'm I'm having a I'm I'm having a tough time. Well, um, the year's but,
1: almost done, don't worry. And then yeah, T- going another be line touching
0: of, down, don't worry. That's another line of thinking is that like, you know guys, <laughs> things don't get better because the calendar changes. That's not like a real thing. Like like the the climate of the universe does not s- mm-hmm. s- like s- systemically shift because the calendar turns over and we go from 2020 to 2021 that's not mm. how things work
1: well you know depending on what spiritual plane you're operating on chris it just might good point good point mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i, I mean may- maybe in, in your pragmatic literal binary world that is correct but you know depending on how much tree you're you're puffing every day you could you could point. be living on altered altered states I'm um I'm so after we finish this podcast I'm going
0: to meet a new friend for a coffee. Um Okay. Very this, exci- this sounds I'm like very, Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld so far. Go ahead. I'm very I'm very excited because he's the he's like the southern staff writer for the New Yorker. Mm. Uh which is a job. His name is Charles uh Bathia. I didn't know it existed, but we're friends on Twitter and I just really want, like, all the, all this political stuff, all the Senate stuff that's happening in, At- in, in Georgia and Atlanta mm-hmm. specifically is, is really hitting right now. So I think like I'm going to get a line, a line in from a fucking insider. And you know, I love that.
1: Mm, so he, so he is the, the Southern correspondent for the New Yorker. Yeah. 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 Just like this, all, he writes- all things or is it political specifically? um it's
0: mostly political from what i've seen but that also could just be mm-hmm. because of the climate right now but he uh i've been following him for a while he, he goes on cnn too as a talking head and stuff i just mm. he it's just really i just love to be on the inside of anything as you know so it's it's uh yeah hearing
1: and this also kind of feels a little bit like a, a cb future dream job am i wrong um unfortunately i'm probably not qualified for that uh look who a look I'm, I'm lowly podcaster chris it's called a dream job you know some, oh, some people's dream no, jobs no, no. Are to be freaking lebron james
0: no i can't be tethered to the machine like that just hacking away as a, as a full time. yeah but reporter. the but
1: the duality of new yorker cultural elite mixed with that little bit of that southern charm and that sounds like you—you you shake those things up into a little rocks glass, and boy, you got yourself a nice glass of sweet tea. <laughs> that's, that's I'm a, a big
0: city rider for the New Yorker. You're getting really excited about your about this trip. I can tell. Mm-hmm. We've already started. we started planning. We've started planning the Christmas menu. I'll need to get your feedback on it.
1: Oh, can you drop any any sneak peeks on the on the pod right now? Well,
0: obviously there there's lobster and there's some sort of uh, uh you know uh, mm, gifts from the go, sea to go. To, some to go type with the surf. Of turf uh, to go with the surf but uh other stuff i mean the pies have been ordered um mm. caviar is in the fridge ready to put on top damn. of a ruffle damn we had a, we um, had a
1: good year over at the black house okay we was re- voting republican do pay off i <laughs> don't do that <laughs> uh but mm-hmm. but yeah so
0: it's coming together i'll send you a note after alex wrote all down today so we have a full all list right. since, um, since
1: my to, to, my life partner is a by POC, is that gonna be an issue or will she have to eat well, in the car how does this work
0: she we have a separate table set for her <laughs> um so it's it's fine maybe she can zoom her family or something Look, from that table i don't know don't throw her in i the don't know I don't know what they do on Christmas. You know what I mean. I don't know if they do something different. <laughs> you, but <people>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Please, we the black household is is quite inclusive and welcoming of all people of uh, all shapes and sizes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Mama Black with arms wide open is coming through yeah, it's, with it's, the with the caviar
0: Scott, on decky. Scott Stapp voice. My mom has definitely never tried caviar, so this is going to be interesting. Really? Why um, did it?
1: Why did? Why did we break it out? did you have a coupon well, I, it
0: was sent it was sent to me by a client as a gift oh. um so so what it's, a what it's a just cool a
1: nice, client gift i gotta say
0: i know and it's a, it's a young cool guy too i was it, it feels like a gift you'd get from your 50 year old lawyer but this mm-hmm. guy's like a you know 25 year old in demand graphic designer it's very it's very cool
1: mate um yeah i mean that's great and i can't wait to eat his eggs
0: but we might have to put you. I, I want to find a job for you because I don't like to. You know, I know you're going to be straight off the plane, but I don't like when there's a kitchen and there's stuff being cooked and TJ in the mix. So,
1: mm. do you? I mean, do you? Do you okay, need, well, Are you saying?
0: Do you want a night off? Like, do you? Because I would give it to you, but I also don't want your skills to go to waste. You know,
1: Chris, you know I never there. I never want a day off when it comes to kitchen kitchen cookery. You know damn well. Great. I can't, you know, yeah. I, um, it will be tough. I will be coming all, right off the plane. It'll be home court disadvantage for TJ, but it would uh, It would. It we would don't have. be my honor to devil a couple eggs over there at the Black House. We don't
0: have a wolf range or a Sub-Zero, but there is a double oven, which I feel like
1: is a nice, you know, it's, it's not nothing. No wolf at all? And there's nothing we can <laughs> do about that? The, 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 the timeline? <laughs> Chris, Chris, we have a week. So if you
0: could just, I don't know what you got to do to figure it out. Look, uh, no, look, but we'll, uh, we'll, we got a week. We'll, we'll talk about this. We'll talk about this off pod, but we'll get, we'll get a menu plan going. But we do, we do have a guest today, a fucking legend, Jason. I love, I love when we bring legends onto this, yeah. this lowly podcast. Um, <laughs> you, you might know him from youth of today, Gorilla Biscuits, Quicksand, Civ, Rival Schools. Uh, his name is uh Walter Schreifels, um a New York hardcore legend, a real sweetheart of a guy. Um, he he is probably upstate, snowed in right now, but we're gonna give him a little jingle uh, check in with him, see what he's been up to. Uh, hopefully get some stories from the good old days. Um, and mm-hmm. just before before he comes on, this guy looks young as fuck. He looks great.
1: Oh yeah, I mean he's 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 definitely like when I was like a little kid. I was listening to his music as he was touring around in a band, and him and I for sure look to be the same age. It's crazy. He was it's, born it's in like 1969. <sighs> damn. I mean, he doesn't. You know, he he, he he's he an edge man or no? I believe so. Which is clear. Yeah. He, he lives. He lives a poison-free lifestyle. He's mentally, um, physically, and spiritually. Straight on, and whereas my mind has been truly muddied by drugs and alcohol over the years, yeah,
0: yes, it has. Your mind is yet I
1: still wasted. maintain the straight edge. Uh, sure. Let's give him a call. Bye bye. Hey, fellas, looking big, good, baby. How are Walt, you? Big wall in the building. let drink it up. Here it is. <laughs>
0: we were we were literally just talking about this in our intro but I, what what are the secrets to, to aging the way you have because I mean I obviously the poison free lifestyle must help but there's got to be some other tips and tricks you could offer us
2: oh yeah the poison free thing definitely helped uh, <laughs> that stuff all the poisons uh water because if anyone any poison comes in the water just rinses it right back out that and also you know I took an oath uh, to the youth uh and that still is, is, is working out
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying the oath to the youth crew is actually a blood pact to
2: keep you young yeah i mean if you you know you're young and you don't think it's a serious thing but then you take it and you know i'm one of the first people to have take mm-hmm. and i don't know <laughs> it literally like has the
1: word youth in the name you know what i mean it's 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 a fountain of youth
2: early on you know what i mean like uh me- you know the the power of, of manifestation of of mental yes. you know i want this and, i've read and the secret walter i know exactly what you're <laughs> yes, talking about yes, we're from-
1: <laughs> so do you know or are you able to repeat the the youth crew oath do you have that memorized
2: uh well you know I'm is, being- is,
1: it, <laughs> is it such or is it something that <laughs> is it is it exactly? lyrics
0: from
2: is it lyrics that you wrote at some point or is this is this something else the ones that I would think of would be. Um, I'm, I'm probably referencing Youth of Today's song, Youth of Today, which is the, you know, like any good hardcore, yes. is worth their salt, bunch of songs, but one of their songs should actually be their mission statement. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, like, uh, BC Boys have a really awesome one. Uh, Gorilla Biscuits, my own band, took took the cues, and we, I, we have a, a, a really good one. Youth Today's one was really cool in that it. Um, it's just such a good sing-along, and it really just lays down. You know, if you if you're uh, in your teenage mind, it's still in my own, in my middle-aged mind. You know, like a clear political, uh, ethical message. And I, I think the lyrics I go something like, uh, uh, I don't know, I have to, I have to look it up, but it's it's basic stuff. It's basically, you know, take care of your health, uh, try not to screw people over probably is is sounds a little corny I, I had to look up the lyrics but um but i think if you if you melted it down i do think that there's something about it even though i, I don't feel myself totally defined by that experience but i do feel that i reap a lot of the um the, that it's, it's at a positive intent at a young age w- which is cool and i'm not saying like i you guys compliments or something i'm not saying that i have anything that other people can't find in other ways. But when I look back on it, I think at a time when a lot of people, you know, when you're at that age of, um, you're a teenager, so you're kind of like stronger and you have some independence, and you have a lot of that brain faculty. I mean, you might have your childhood traumas, but you haven't; you are not as aware of them. Mm. So you have this sort of agency. That kind of it's a sort of a magical time of discovering that that personal agency. Maybe, maybe at at a time when you are strong enough and independent to put that. I in, agree, I, I agree with but, you one
1: hundred percent. Before the the crippling grip of adulthood, realizations yeah. have taken hold, and you kind of and you lose a little bit of that youth.
2: It's going to drag you down the stairs, kids. <laughs> wow. And that's it. and that's
1: if you're not drinking or using drugs.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: If you're also getting drunk, then it's really going to drag you down those stairs and kick you a few times as well.
2: Yeah, so I think at that, at that moment that I, you know, of course, like the, I sometimes think, oh, I probably missed out on a lot of fun times too, you know, like. You did. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, like I'm grateful for that uh, perspective at, at that time, and um, and I always, you know, even though I'm not actively proselytizing straight edge lifestyle, or right now, uh, I, I think it informs. Like, it, you know, I, I feel like I'm still more straight edge than some of these guys that are claiming it now. Let's see how you do when you get to the point of life that I'm at. You know. Mm.
0: I mean, life's ills come at you a little differently. I completely agree. Walk
1: walk
2: me through some
1: of your adulthood temptations.
2: Uh, I mean, I don't think that mine are any special, but I think you see the view as you go through life. I think the time that we're talking about, I think you have a real – I think you have the mental – acuity to really put your finger on a lot of the bullshit that's going to come your way. Mm. And I think you're in a, in a good position because you don't have a sort of a track record that, or if you do, it can be easily expunged due to, to, due to you know, youth and inex- inexperience, but You know, there's all kinds of stuff that's going to come your way. You're going to have to deal with relationships with different people. Life is going to challenge you. And and, um, that might break some of your idealism. And I I don't think that that means that you need to sell out what makes you you. See, it's Um, very hard
0: for it's very hard for me in my late 30s to not be pretty cynical most of the time. You know, you know what I mean. Like I try to, I try to let things breathe and 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 be what they are, and understand that sometimes it's not for me. But it's also like that's stupid. Is my is my almost my initial instinct eighty percent of the time, mm. which I I've gotten better about. I think in the last couple of years. But is that something you've suffered from as well, or do you keep a pretty? Is the PMA still strong?
2: Uh, I mean, PMA I think is a nice thing to kind of dip back into when you're feeling uh. Garlic to a vampire, or something like that. It's mm. like it's like some sort of concept that you can say, "Okay, I'm looking at it in a negative frame, and maybe if I in a different frame, maybe it it it's not going to weigh me down as hard." Mm. And and even through your own life, you may be shitty to someone, and you may never even know really? it. But like, oh wow, I was shitty to that. I, I didn't behave oh, for sure the way that I, I felt I should have. And then how do you then, kind of bring that into your experience moving forward, you know. And how, how do you? No, I mean you have to.
0: You have to learn from all of that. No, absolutely, you have to learn. But from also, all Chris, that.
2: you I, could argue, or may, not
1: argue, but say that maybe you having that kind of hating things or thinking things are dumb mentality has been your your secret sauce or your thing or you know the product that you give to the world. It's maybe you should. Double down and and uh, accept the fact that you have that opinion and people like
2: it. And I think a, a people's brand of cynicism can be uh, very helpful. You know, it's coping. You know, and and uh, in my circles, there's a lot of discussion of of PMA, like keep the PMA, and and I think that people kind of hold it like a, yeah, like a crucifix against vampires or, mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, PMA isn't going to really solve all your problems. You know what I mean. So uh, being an adult is complex, and, and it's not because being an adult is is uh, some sort of thing that's bad. It's like the human experience, and as you go through life, you're going to encounter even a lot of the same situations. But because you've lived longer, it's upon you to handle them in a better way. If you're mm-hmm. trying to, if you, if you're going to play the game well, because uh, at the very least, you should know what won't work. Yeah. I mean, or, yeah. And, and even if you don't know what will work, try to come at it from a different angle to see how that experience could then uh, improve you for the, for the next thing. I mean, that's, you know, maybe idealistic there, but I, you know, I came up in the youth crew movement, bro. <laughs> 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 I mean, I
0: I don't think some, I, I think a, a, a nice little dose of idealism is good for all of us, to be honest. I, th- I, I think it, 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 but it does feel, um, it does feel youthful in a way that, you know, you you just haven't been beaten down by society yet, like like you're saying. It's that's 100 percent the truth. That's 100 percent the truth.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys asked me what's my secret. You know, you were know, <laughs> true. <laughs> this is why we this is why we podcast, Walter. Don't get don't get us wrong.
0: This is this is why we podcast. Are you are you upstate? Did it blizzard for you?
2: It did. It's beautiful out here. You know, uh, it, it's uh, my wife and I went out last night. So awesome. You know, because the snow is so white, so the it's reflecting up and up here you just get a sense of i don't know when i'm up here i always think about and this maybe sounds corny but i think of the native americans and the people that lived in this land before all this stuff was here that just i just trip out on that on on uh you know that people would just live in this uh you know full yeah. silence like removed just that people you know in the last couple hundred years our uh, culture has done its damnedest to like beat nature down Mm -hmm. and so okay i'm just stepping outside of my house and in my yard where this white is just like the light is reflecting up everywhere and um i'm just thinking of all the critters like i don't know
0: (laughs) it sounds very peaceful and as a as a person who um doesn't really like nature did you come to this later in life or were you always drawn to
1: it i am i think i'm He's just always loved critters in general.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> critters, <laughs> big critter guy. Dude, I mean, you know, we we'd love to look at them. They're just little sweet guys. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I guess you know, I grew up in in Rockaway Beach, so being near the ocean, I have a different nature appreciation. But up here, uh, you know, since COVID, I've been I've been living up here since March, and um, so watching just the actual full cycle of the. Uh, of the seasons up here. And New York is just so awesome for its range of, of seasons. Uh, mm. it, it's, it's re- I've grown a deeper connection and, and appreciation for it. And uh, I don't, I don't know that it's like veering into wow, man, nature, hippie thing. That's not even bad if it were that way. Like, Mm-mm. You know how we're made of water and like, you know, the moon cycles and goes through, you know, all that kind of thing. Well, if you're immersed in nature, you start to attune to it and you uh, appreciate the slowness of it, you know, coping with all this stimulation that is like... uh, kind of man man-made consumerist ideal ideology hitting you all the freaking time there's no ideology up here man it's just critters they're trying to lick- <laughs>
0: critters. <laughs> just critters trying so, to go about their day so you,
1: you 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 when you're upstate you get to experience you know america before it was you know taken away by consumerism and 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 humankind fucked it in the ass uh
2: yeah you're I mean- that
1: pure uncut raw dog nature and life
2: I appreciate and, I, and I'm not saying, you know, I, I just of the, of the mind of like, I accept what what's kind of the, the hand that we're dealt right now. Like, I, I don't think that we can go back to be like Native American people and whatever they did. And I'm sure Native American lives had their problems, too. But just the, you know, taking a break, like, for example, my uh, IG account got hacked. So I'm not on IG right now. Uh,
0: Wait, by, by a by a bot or like a, a fan looking to do wrong?
2: Instagram sent me this message, and and um, that I had a copyright issue. I should have known better. And and come on,
0: come on, Walter. You've been in this game for too long to have a copyright issue. Come on.
2: I don't want to get sidetracked too hard on it. I I don't know if I'm upset. I'm annoyed about this whole bullshit of not being on IG. But at the same time, I'm also um, I I can feel a bit of 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 uh, space opened up in my consciousness. That while I, I do miss, you know, looking into my friends' lives and knowing that they're okay or whatever's going on with them and you know, maybe I'll put out my own message and people say, Oh yeah, great, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think that's bad, but just not having that, I'm aware of other things and, and that's what How like, much time how much time are you spending on the computer
0: though? You, you don't seem like a guy who has to be tethered to the machine. I, my screen time is way fucking up, obviously, but that's, that's for me a little bit of a, a, that's just how it is. And I don't ever think about kind of taking a break because I don't, I'm, I'm afraid of what would happen.
1: Mm. Yeah. (laughs) What do you, what do you think would happen, Chris?
0: I just don't, I think it would honestly be like a full weird detox, like the same way it was for drugs. Like I think I would literally go through withdrawals. I think it's that, I I do think it's actually that serious. Yeah. Like not to dramatize, not to dramatize it, but I do think it's as real as people say it is.
1: 100%. Yeah. We all suffer from it. Even people who are not as, you know, they're not on a... Two pack a day habit, like you are, Chris.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. But I think that, like, this is just it, though. This is this is not only our social lives, but this is our job. You know, so it's like how much how much separation can you really have from it? it, it like, mm. w- when you have to do it to make money, it's like it's such a slippery slope.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the that's the experience that we're, we we all have to deal with. You know, there, there's no way. Like, on the one hand, you know, with my IG being hacked, I'm totally fine with it right now, but it's also business, you know what I mean? So like, we're all involved in this interconnectivity through the computer that, you know, we just don't know what it's doing to us, you know, in, in, you know, unless you're old enough to know the difference, you know, between like the kind of phone, if you experience the kind of phones that you have to spin around and do that, then... (laughs) then maybe you can see some sort of evolution in your own life of how that's different. But, um, yeah, that that's our world. We can't just like, oh, yeah, I'm not into computers now. I'm into nature. Like,
0: <laughs> You know what? Uh, this computer thing, I'm over it, bro. I'm going back to the trees, man. I-
2: I do say it, you know, that would be cool. And if everyone had an agreement, if there was some sort of like, you know, movement, I don't want to say Luddite, but some sort of back to the land sort of movement, like where we all just bring in our computers and throw them on a big heap and bury them or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Enough people did it. I would do it too. But the problem is, is that the people that don't do it are going to be, you know, rooking us every chance they get.
0: It's true. We would, we would lose that battle. Unfortunately, we would definitely lose that battle. Were you, you had, did you have plans to tour this year and stuff that got sidetracked or were you, or were you writing or something?
2: Oh yeah. I I mean, I was booked through next year. I think it's like everybody, I think, and I'm probably like a lot, but I I know that I'm a lot better off than many people. Uh, you know, if you work in the, in the, in the, you know, I do work in the bar industry essentially, but, uh, my, uh, engagement with it is more uh kind of here and there you know uh it isn't like i'm there every night so uh yeah i had a lot of shows booked and uh you know so there's a bit of a financial hit to that but uh, you know luckily i'm i'm okay financially and um and as far as like my experience of not Engaging or playing shows or or that kind of social aspect, and also that you know the part of you that 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 my identity is
0: is yeah for sure. I mean, you've been doing this since you were a
1: kid. I mean, it's like literally your life.
2: Mm. You know, I'm always going to the fucking airport. I hate going to the airport.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but Walter, airport sounds pretty good right about now, doesn't it?
2: But I I would get a kick out of the airport now. Yeah, exactly.
0: I love the airport. It's a weird thing about me. I, I show up early. I like to sit. I think it's the true cross-section of, of, of society. Like I think it's where you see see people at their worst, and the biggest mix of people that you can see is at the airport, I think, mm. in, in America.
2: It is a fascinating space, for sure. And when, when you're flying internationally, too, I love when you end up where you can't really go into the country but you're in this other like holding zone yes 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 purgatory it's uh, i like being in that zone you know and i think we call that i think we call that international waters actually
1: yeah maritime law applies there my friend but there, yes. that also has a dark side of it called customs where uh they make uh. you sit for 11 <laughs> hours and go through your luggage a bunch because they think there's drugs in there a problem that you might not have as much as others
0: Oh, oh no! If, if you got chords, bro, you got problems.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially post on uh, nine eleven because they were just you know as a matter of uh, mm-hmm. of they just had to do it. I, I had there's a a thing. Um, I don't know if you, you guys are guitar players, but uh, fa- there's a thing called fast fret, which I I, I don't know. Oh, has, I'm
0: familiar with. I didn't know you were shredding like that. No, dude,
2: I don't know where I got fast. <laughs> fre- it was from actually because my tech got put put it on fast fret is like the sort of grease. Yeah sort of cleans them but it substitutes the dirt with this kind of like
1: slimy it's it's like uh it's like waxing a curb before you grind it
2: on a skateboard perhaps yeah good good analogy um i shred i shred (laughs) (laughs) fast fret is similar to a chemical they use in bombs (laughs) no 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 yeah uh when they they went through everything for, for for me and it was like uh and you, I don't know if this is true for you guys, but whenever I get stopped, which I don't really get stopped too often, even though I have long hair, um, mm-hmm. goddamn hippies. Yeah, you know, maybe they just they they can feel my peace vibe. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look like you're holding. I'll
2: say that. <laughs> <laughs> In my my greasy uh, <laughs> vibe right now, but um, yeah. Just the, do you ever feel like when they stop you, like I'm always like, fuck, what did I do wrong? What do I have? I must have always.
0: Always, I, I I'm always thinking I'm. I think for years of being guilty that now that I'm not, I say this all. I tell this to Jason. You know, as a former drug user, I I love to speed now in rental cars because I don't have anything on me. So yeah. it's like if you pull if you pull me over, yeah, give me a fucking ticket, losers. I don't care. I'm not going to jail. You yeah, know what I mean? It,
1: I, that I used to I, I used to feel that same way when I would finally pay my car registration. And have my <laughs> tags be up to date, and be like, I'm, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want. Ah, uh, you feel like exactly, you're above the law, exactly.
0: Line. But yeah, I think that um, I, I do. I, this just happened to me recently with a candle at LAX. The bomb squad came over for a candle, and it was the same feeling where it's like, shit, did I, what did I do? I don't. I'm sure I did something wrong. Like it's this guy's like swabbing me.
2: When, when you got authority breathing over you, I'm just thinking, I don't know. I maybe I smell like it. Who knows. exactly
0: exactly i've been i've been hanging out with jason too much i smell like it this is what this is what happens jason Mm -hmm. well i mean you you have truly you have have you played basically everywhere
2: that you can think of there's a couple of places i I still never played russia
1: what what country what country gets the biggest you know gives you the biggest reaction when you guys are playing
2: uh, different for different bands. Um, yeah, let's go.
0: Let's go through the list. Actually, I think this is really interesting. So, wh- which name a band and then name the be- the best international territory for that band?
2: Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, most of them are going to be. It's going to be Los Angeles and New York. Any one of these bands. So we're, we're we're talking
1: sure. we're talking foreign countries only.
2: I guess you know, Gorilla Biscuit does really well. Pretty much, or, or it does really well for for the you know the the world. You know, Gorilla Biscuits is really kind of a special thing because it exists within um, more than a music genre. It's like an actual kind of community organization, which yeah. is it. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle, and, and it's like anywhere in the world, we were very fortunate where we can go and bring people together. And that, that is amazing. That's not true for, say, Quicksand, uh, who do really well do best in the United States and, you know, capital cities around the world. Like we can play, you know, quicksand t- gives me like a
0: Germany vibe. Do you guys do, were you guys
2: successful in Germany?
0: We did what we do in
2: Germany, although, you know, the thing with quicksand, and I think this is like a, uh, I think we zigged when we should have zagged in, in certain respect. And, and, and so we went over to Germany the first time in Europe, but when we got signed to a major label, we, just bypass that that world and um, we ended up just like opening up for big bands and big clubs. So we kind of like not uh, by any sort of uh, intent but just by getting swallowed up into this kind of big corporate yeah. world we kind of bypassed the actual people that are are the kind of people that um, went on to be you know movers and shakers in a scene in that lineage that Gorilla Biscuit still although Gorilla Biscuit wasn't even playing still thrives within it. And- I think Quicksand, uh, I, I wish that we had spent more time in the spots, to be honest. Well, Quicksand, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Is that what we're saying? Uh, I think <laughs> I'm totally content with how it all played itself out. But I can see from looking back other bands eating Quicksand's lunch because they were they, they traveled uh, in Germany. fucking opening for living color. What, what was the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I enjoyed that experience quite a bit. But, you know, but it wasn't in a van in Europe, you know, those that has more cultural impact moving forward.
0: Was Quickstand your first experience with a major label, though?
2: Yes, actually, my that was the first time I got signed. And to me, yeah, that was just crazy. I mean, the, the music that I was making, <laughs> I didn't see it as popular music at all. You know, I was just doing this. It's not that he didn't appreciate what was happening. I really loved the travel. I loved being with my friends. I loved being creative, but I didn't. See it as um, I, I didn't see it necessarily as art at that time. I um, mean, I didn't see it as a viable career path either.
0: So but you're saying during the whole time, so you get this major label deal. You guys are doing you know 120 minutes or whatever, and you still never saw it as like a career path.
2: No, I didn't. You know, or art with a major label. I was where I had been living. You know, in an apartment with. Two of my other friends that was probably like, you know, 600 square foot apartment and paying, you know, $200 rent or something like that, living pretty low, but happy, uh, (laughs) you know, not being able to pay the electric bill and that kind of shit to where I had, fuck, I got into, I got my own apartment, you know, I got a little bit more, um, sort of cachet in some some way the
0: good good life baby that's what happens when you sign on the
1: dotted line you can order as many videos from blockbuster as you please yeah willing to play the late fee
2: that was yeah i i i was legit i had a credit card you know things that like (laughs) you know just a year before like uh yeah these were markings of, of 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 success and and uh
1: so you were also a goddamn sellout though weren't you (laughs)
2: I I struggled with that very hard, Mm -hmm. you know, um, no joke. Like, especially at that time, the scene that I had come up in, I mean, especially as a, as a, uh, a kind of devotee of the, uh, kind of Ian MacKay discord school of thought, you know, where music shouldn't be commodified that weighed on me very heavily. It just was kind of overwhelming. There was band meetings. It was like, dude, I don't think we should, we should sign to a major label. As a matter of fact, I want to start a noise band. I wanted to like get away from it, which was um, in in hindsight, I could look at look at it from a way uh, more measured to be like it doesn't have to be all. You don't have to be your idealized Noam Chomsky vision of what I would be, yes, or be you know in some noise band that no one cares about except for this,
0: but making music for a living. I mean, that seems like the goal for anybody kind of, if if that's what you're doing, you know what I mean? If that's what you're, if, if you want to be making music, if that's what makes you happy, then making a living, doing it is kind of a dream and it's, it's rare for almost everyone. You know, it, it doesn't happen yeah. to most people.
2: It was, it was hard for me to fight that argument, you know? And so yeah. that's why ultimately, you know, through, probably you know the girl, my girlfriend at the time going dude you know it's not going to work out for with us if you're the fucking stupid noise <laughs> <laughs> look we've all we've all had that
0: discu- we've all had that discussion mm. w- with with different terms thrown in but it all mm. we've all had that talk in this in this
1: you ain't getting no pussy unless you start doing these corporate gigs you know i've heard that before
0: <laughs> exactly we got if amazon calls we answer it baby mm. all right quicksand is playing
1: well walter uh, walter have there? do you have any examples of of artists or bands that you feel like have been able to do it you know, the right way, like in, you know, they've, they've found that success, they've used a major label, but they've still stayed true to them, to themselves.
2: I mean, other than Moby. Absolutely. And and I think it's not only happening in music, you know, a lot of my friends that are in media, you know, are, are faced with those kind of things, you know, or Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, tech or something like that, you know, all these companies are fucked up, you know, if, if you dig deeper into it and you don't want it and you don't want to, participate in a fucked up system because of how you nurtured your skills and your point of view was through a certain kind of ideology or idealism. And you don't want to lose that spark. But I think that there's good people who can manipulate the system. Just doing it your way, Frank Sinatra style. Yeah, you're playing the game. It's like a game that the, my daughter loves uh, the show Survivor. Maybe that's not even a good example. No, but but you, like when you can see a contestant on Survivor
1: where you're like, oh, this person loves the game itself. And they believe that the way you play it,
2: there's, there's an art to it in, in itself. They appreciate the game and like because you have to deal with certain things you, you're still the person you are at home and survivors a fucking game but anyway uh, you know for example uh, like okay Radiohead uh, let's just go straight to the top mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan but here's a band that you know was kind of thrown out there signed a major label deal I don't know what their ideology was or if they had conflicts about it or if they thought they were gonna go to the top when they reached their uh, successful popular and respected Artistic band and then they kind of had this massive popular, you know, miracle of circumstances to where like everyone in the popular mind agreed to where they were rich and could do whatever the hell they want instead of just, you know, churning out whatever the hell gotten them there. They, they've continued to arc in their own creative way and and by doing that artistic level but on a on a uh business level you know i'm sure they've been written about in like forbes magazine for like
1: yeah i, mean, and- I remember they were one of the first bands to sell their album independently on their own website just to like to buy the mp3s and they were like, "Yeah, we we don't need a label because we just made three million dollars in ten minutes selling our album on Radiohead.com."
2: That's amazing. So th- there, there's a great example, and and you know the the, the kind of. Ian Mackay model—they're—they're they're kind of a uh, a unicorn, though. You know, like in, in no, a... totally.
0: That's that's impossible, almost impossible to replicate. Yeah, I could mean, you it's just...
2: for our listeners at home who aren't familiar
1: with the Ian Mackay model or or Discord Records or anything like that? They would they would sell. They would have a thing that said like, "Don't pay more than what was it? Five dollars. Five
0: dollars for this, record? For this yeah. record. Shows were always five dollars too.
2: Yeah, I mean they're very ethically minded and very You know ideologically driven in, in, in a way that treats the music uh, with respect as of, you know, valuable art in, in a way, but not in, in an overtop, in, in a very kind of uh, egalitarian way, really to, to be admired and to be learned and to uh, factor into your business model, but if you're not making money, you're worried about money, and if you're worried about money, you're not. Um, you're you're creating you're creating art from a place of commerce. Exactly. It's, it's it's a difficult. It'll crush you. Capitalism's out out to get you. You know. So I, I think. Yes. But like um, a
0: bad like, let's take Fugazi for example. Fugazi's been like very successful. I would say for like an underground, you know, quote unquote band. Were they on Discord the whole time?
2: Fugazi were on were on Discord the whole time, and and of course, like when Nirvana hit, there was definitely you know people throwing all kinds of money at them, and and as as an example to to kind of extrapolate to like I, I guess the point I was trying to make before, just like the people within the major label system, there were people that were in A and R positions that had been hired by people above them that didn't know who the fuck Fugazi was, they didn't know any, they didn't understand it, of they course. hired. These hotshot kids gave them credit cards to figure it out for them. Okay. So the reason they got those jobs, because they might've like written a fanzine, they might've understood why this movement was important and why it was going to be the thing for the next whatever few years. So they were throwing probably Fugazi, like Ian, we will give you $1 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A million. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And the people who were hip probably knew not to even call him on that.
1: And thank God Ian doesn't need a, uh, a yacht or anything like that to, to yeah, validate he's not, his success.
2: No, and he's very successful, but he, yeah, he's not like, that's not what feeds him. I think what feeds him is the success of uh, his own philosophy and the the never-ending fun in like trying to create new music and and. and put things into the world and and see what comes back. And I, I think that that's, he's an example for that.
0: It is pretty crazy though, to think about the fact that this guy literally created a way of living. For, for I mean, for not to dramatize it, but he really did like a way of living that is, is now, you know, whatever, uh, I don't know how old, but it's, it's lived on generationally. I can't imagine what that feels like. It's such a crazy, it, to me, it's, it's the, the weight of it is even greater than like, you know, when someone's written a hit song, that's just truly like last the test of time. I can't imagine what it feels like.
2: He's sort of unprecedented in a way. I just saw the Frank Zappa documentary and maybe he had some of this, but in such an asshole way, I was real. I mean, sorry, Zappa fans. The, the
0: <laughs> no, don't worry. I don't know how many Zappa heads listen to there's this no, show. There's
1: not a ton tuned in right
2: now. Don't worry. He is <laughs> insufferable. Um, <laughs> let us pray well. Anyway, but where Ian's uh, music is obviously so strong, but um, that he's really, I think, powerful based on his, his impact is not only musical, but is the reasoning behind it and the idea you know of course there was independent record labels before Ian there was even independent record labels in the 60s but they were based on the idea of like uh you know consumer making money and so um or you know in in the punk days like you couldn't get you wanted to make a record cuz how else do you exist the idea of DIY you know that it maybe existed before him of course it did but um but the way that he was able to, through his music and through his action and his choices, to uh, detail present this this sort of philosophy that I certainly pick up picked up on, you know, and and same. And-
0: but it was very clear; it was very easy to understand too. That yeah. thing—it's it's, it's really—I think that's the beauty of all of that stuff. It's really not that complicated.
1: Much like the Four Dummies book series, exactly, exactly. How to, how to not do drugs and still be cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly, dude
2: thing is that took me a while to kind of wrestle with was, you know, and I think in the coming up in the straight edge scene, which is obviously so, so, um, Badass. you know, influenced <laughs> by, by his, you know, his making this amazing band that was so good mm-hmm. and connecting this, this idea of, uh, you know, for his own, you know, not, he wasn't, I don't think he was trying to spark some movement, you, you know, I, I think he would say certainly, that he wasn't. But that um that ideal that's being presented is that um you know you have to glean the parts of it that that work for you. You know, uh having a tour bus was like an embarrassment, you know. And so th- that was because it was such a sign of, of uh you know, corporate power. But having a tour bus fucking rules. It's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs>
0: you know, yeah, I mean? no, I, I it's life changing. If if touring is your job, that's the only way to do it, you know, but yeah. I, yeah, I think by the time, you know, by the time Jason and I were, were, inv- you know, that, that, the sellout word still existed, but it's completely evaporated now. It, it's not a thing that exists. And oh. I think it, it's just waned over time. And I think that, like, you know, making money as a musician at this point, and I'm sure you've learned this over the years with, you know, licensing deals and all the different shit you've done, like, you, that's how you do it. You know what I mean? If, if, if a rival school song is in a, is in a, you know, chrysler commercial like you're you're good for two years you know it's like it really matters
2: i wish i wish they would call you know it's ironic (laughs) if uh a couple yeah maybe a couple years ago uh i got a call from uh on a a huge license or civ a civ song that i wrote the money was insane it was a a quarter of a million dollars
1: Mm.
2: let's go and i was like holy (laughs) mother fucking (laughs) shit the (laughs) whole uh, yeah, you were
1: you were you were already ordering your Christmas goose to cook that year, weren't you? Did
0: you did, wait? Does this song, or did you own it outright too? Like, are you the single writer?
2: I, I shared with I have the majority share. So okay, okay. Well,
1: I feel like you're about to say about how you didn't
2: get the half a, a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> so that like, I just see that figure, and I'm like, holy shit, and then I read it read it more carefully. The only catch. Is that it's for Kentucky Fried Chicken? <laughs> you know, I wrote a letter, try to sound, you know, ran an email back. It's like I appreciate the offer, but uh, but we, uh, it's not something we can do right now. They wrote back and they said, "I'm just curious why you? Uh, yeah, what's wrong <laughs> with you? <laughs> was was money not enough? Ooh, oh my God, you could have gotten oh. three hundred.
1: You know, but but." Oh. And and your wife is looking at that email like you son of a bitch.
2: And, and <laughs> yeah, my, that's like. And I wrote back, no, the money is actually really good, but um, you know, I'm a veg, I'm a vegetarian. The guys in the band are vegetarian, just don't don't feel comfortable having our song used in in advertising, you know, chicken. And yet the the guy did never responded again. He didn't respond. You know, he's. Just, you're a fucking loser, dude. I'm not- yeah, I want to
1: just write back, we're, we're a Popeye's household. I'm so sorry we can't accept this <laughs> offer. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. We're not going to be able to do that.
2: I wish I did that. But,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, well, this, but this reminds me of, of I, I remember getting a Civ guitar pick and a bag of Doritos, which I'm sure you oh, remember doing that deal.
2: Interesting. Doritos is a good company. (laughs) No, I just, I remember being
0: like, I remember that being like a thing. People are like, yo, did you see there's a Civ guitar pick in Doritos? And even when I was that young, I was like, that seems pretty cool to me. I don't know what the big deal is.
2: It was shifting. And it's interesting, you know, uh, in those days if you're in like um it coming up in the scene we came up in you know the, the venues are small but if you can make a seven inch and you can sell it for a certain amount of money a you could potentially get someone to make this record for you and you could make enough money to get yeah. down and stuff like that but as you know nirvana hits and bands start getting yanked out of the out of that world the people that are left behind fucking hate you so uh, obviously that change is going to create this sort of uh, sellout friction until all the the ones that from that scene you know get the offers that they're waiting of course. for you know as record sales you know become eliminated napster era and all that kind of stuff where the fuck are you going to get money to run run your game fucking you know?
0: doritos that's where you're going to get it
2: <laughs> and the Doritos thing was was early so then uh and the people that were cool or in the scene writing fanzines booking shows etc these are the kinds of people that um eat doritos eat or get hired by oh <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah no exactly exactly yeah, you're right you're right
1: walter are you more of a nacho cheesier or a cool ranch fellow? i'm also vegan so i don't fuck with doritos <laughs> <laughs> They're, Doritos—they're a very good company. I do not fuck with them at all. They're great. Frito Lay is a great company. Okay, I would support all. Of- okay, Walter. Let's say you're going to eat like a Whole Foods version of the Doritos. Maybe a late July brand tortilla chip that uses a vegan <laughs> spice blend. Are we a Cool Ranch or are we a
2: Nacho Cheesier? I'm gonna. It's a kind of a. I'm. I'm gonna Mitt Romney this one. I'm gonna take both. <laughs>
1: Yeah, as a as an elder vegetarian person who's who's come up through all of the the fake meat world, you know where where do you stand on on like the Impossible Burger and and fake cheeses and ice creams and all that stuff?
2: I've the vegan ice creams are uh, amazing, mm-hmm. uh, but I just got my blood work done and my cholesterol's a little higher than uh, I mean it's just a teeny teeny bit, mm-hmm. and I think because I've been eating beyond beef sausages <laughs> and i haven't been questioning it but you know these motherfucking things are not healthy for you
0: yeah, like, yeah, yeah i'm 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 known as anti-beyond i don't i just feel like it's not good for you i
1: like the idea of walter's doctor looking at the chart and being like all right how, how many how many vegan sausages have we been putting down be honest
2: I that's my own diagnosis you know like uh and i and it's funny like must just, the doctor must have just thought it was weird. It's like, you know, what do you think about these Beyond products? I'm having the same conversation. <laughs> I'm not like, you know, putting my nose up at uh, Beyond products because uh, I like them. Mm. Because they have
0: a- they have advertisements and they could possibly license a song for those mm. advertisements. I understand where you're coming from.
1: <laughs> yeah, we want to go beyond a quarter of a million. <laughs> yeah, We want to go beyond a quarter of a million.
0: Before we let you go... You know, last time we spoke, you you did give us an amazing Danzig story that I would feel bad if we didn't share with our listenership. So if you could, if you could just walk us through your experience with the legend, uh, that would be that would make us just tickle us to death.
2: You know, quicksand opened for Danzig um, in Buffalo. He his uh, stage setup was for basically for Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> The Skull, uh, you know, it, it, for those who aren't familiar with Danzig, he was the singer of the band The Misfits and uh, really cool kind of comic book uh, aesthetic in all of his work. And it's a sort of, it's just fun. It's sort of like, you know, the Kiss meets the Ramones. I, I, I would- mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Well, that's a good, that's actually a very good description of that.
2: I agree. As a, as a you know, so imagine if Kiss has to play like this kind of roadhouse in Buffalo. The horn of the Skull is almost hitting the lighting uh, mm-hmm. trussle. And we're, um, we're
1: cramming 10 pounds of production in a five pound sausage is what you're saying.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, um, so I'm backstage and we're kind of our backstage room, of course, you know, just like the typical, the, the, just like mwah, assholeness. <laughs> where you just put the, the opening band who you could give a flying fuck about the like, closet where you keep your road cases. That was our, our backstage. <laughs> We're staying in there with all these, like, road cases, and there's this one road case open with these, like, uh, four sort of cylinder kind of things sticking out of it. We're just standing there, like, wondering what the fuck is this. Uh, <laughs> and then and then this, uh, you know, kind of mistress of the night comes in, and <laughs> throws... <laughs> these boots on it and it's uh Erie boot warmer <laughs> Erie comes in for his boots and just you know talks to us and just like you know how one talks to uh you know sort of like when you're a, a medieval yes addressing yes, mm-hmm. yes you're just saying whatever bullshit comes to your mind to the little <laughs> loser it doesn't
1: matter yeah what you say to them really doesn't matter
2: you have no power over whether mm-hmm. things go the things way or the other and um so but we were just grace his presence danzig's nowhere to be seen and he just rolls out and just like babes two of them one on either side i swear one of them was a redhead the other one was like a viciously brunette mm-hmm. babes mm-hmm. and some other just like blank you know kind of like a henchman behind him doing like all kinds of cool shit uh the whole time and just came out rocked the stage and uh he was amazing but it was just cool to watch like um you know in spinal tap like the early shows of the spinal tap tour they're kind of good you know what i mean like danzig was kind of at that level i think danzig does have a sense of humor for sure in in playing with the cliches of of what he does but as as uh all short guys do yeah so as (laughs) I, i was expecting this fucking just asshole rock star and Without him doing anything to me that was humiliating, he really delivered he was awesome he deserves it. He played uh master garden with misfits uh, uh last year and I went to the show yeah and it was fucking awesome to see him living in the in, in the venue that he always pictured himself mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. it was very boring. damn. that is that is poetic Danzig realized.
0: You know, Danzig and I'm not, fully realized
2: it was good to see, and you know everybody in that room and s- people that are bigger Misfits fans than I was experiencing it all together in this massive, mm. you know, place. It was fucking awesome and poetic, and uh, and so having had that experience back then to seeing it actually full circle. Oh,
1: it was, it was, yeah. I, I can't wait. I can't wait for the HBO biopic on Danzig. Who who is going to play him? You know, like the behind the candelabra. Oh,
0: that's a great,
2: oh great question. I don't know. I, I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna, whoever it is is gonna have to fucking beef up, man. He's gonna. Yeah, to.
1: Steve Buscemi is gonna have to start doing some creatine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh walter thank you so much for joining us uh it's a pleasure to chat with you guys go check out all, all of his work uh it's easily available on the internet uh years he's given us years and years and years of music it's all worth checking out
1: and if you work at a creative agency that books music for commercials choose one of his band songs he will gladly sell out as long as you maintain a vegan or a vegetarian a friendly <laughs> product
2: Draw the line at chicken commercial does not happen mm-hmm copy that we all have
0: we all have a line walter thank you so much we'll talk to you soon
2: god
1: bless
0: you later bro bye-bye
1: bye-bye